0: Drive our consumer to do something, where IoT actually makes it the ability for, you don't have to make your consumer do something, you actually have the ability to now listen to your consumer and react and take action on what your consumer needs, when they need it, with them or without them actually knowing that. They just are being taken care of, they don't have to go do something to, you know, to, to fulfill that. And I think this relationship that we're going to have with business and consumer is, is, is going to be different. Than it's been.
1: Welcome to Innovation and Leadership, where I interview uncommonly high achievers like top investment fund managers, elite special operations soldiers, startup CEOs who sold their companies for billions of dollars, pro athletes, Hollywood filmmakers, really as many different kinds of experts as I can. The whole idea is to hear how they did it and then what advice they have for the rest of us that can be applied to the organizations we're trying to grow and innovate. Thanks for listening and I hope you enjoyed today's show. This is part 2 of our interview with Rob Rastwich, the CTO over at ThinkLogics, ThingLogics, Rob, for anybody who missed part 1, can you tell people about what you guys do in the Internet of Things world? Or anybody who missed part yeah. 1. ThinkLogix
0: is a is an IoT platform that we um, provide the ability for people to do low code, no code, kind of clicks not code to develop an IoT solution basically an event-driven message-based solution. Anytime you have to manage messages, that's what our platform allows you to do.
1: Can you give people a couple of use cases? Can you tell us about, you know, ideal customers for you guys?
0: Yeah, so anybody, you know, I think one of the things that we we try to do these days is is help businesses to try and pivot around that. Now, we have some, some sample customers. We have uh, refrigeration units where they monitor a cold, Cold storage for beer manufacturers. The USGS we manage the water supply. We manage the flight patterns of, of ducks and Hold solar on. panels. And let's go back to the ducks. Are they right. tagged or what? Oh, so you had to see these ones. These are these are awesome. The ducks actually have little backpacks that they put okay. on. Yeah, and they and they those backpacks chirp when they get close into a cell signal, and it dumps a whole bunch of data down there, and brings it down to us shows us their flight patterns and whatnot and then we have snow geese that are actually tagged and they have a collar it does the same thing and that uh, manages their migration patterns from the arctic basically down to i guess northern um you know north america is about as far south as they're going to go right those and then ups's you name i'm trying to think of all the other different stuff just about any kind of device that chirps. We certainly we recently started, we started, a, we built a, an application on top of our platform called Chirply, which manages SMS messages. So we realized that, you know, we have became experts in the ability to manage messages going back and forth between things, event driven architecture, meaning somebody says something, somebody responds, somebody does something, some action needs to be taken. that kind of architecture, very different than it's been in the past. So, You realize the same thing happens when you start texting, being able to, you know, you know, as far as I'm concerned, email should be dead. We should kill email and we should never open it ever again. You know, everybody's doing SMS messaging or WhatsApp or real-time messaging, but being able to manage those messages and interrogate those messages do on the fly translation. So you get to read it in English and I get to receive it in Spanish and I get to type in Spanish and you receive in English doing sentiment analysis, determining whether or not, you know, interrogating messages for what are you happy? Are you sad? What products are you trying to order? Those kinds of things. Using the SMS platform as an application, as opposed to yet. And, and how does that relate?
1: Platform. How does that relate to internet of things?
0: Because at internet of things or the internet of everything is at its core is the management of messages, right? It is, so when there is the life cycle of an IoT project goes like this, customer comes to us and they say, I have a water sensor. It senses when we get water. Can you connect it to the internet? Yep, I can connect to the internet. Connect it up and I show them a screen and they see messages flowing down like the matrix. That's so cool. That's so cool. Can you, can you put a graph up? Yep, can put a graph up. Oh, look, and now I can see the graph go up and down, right? Oh, that's amazing. Can you make it send me a text message when there's water there? Yep, I can make it send a text message. Oh, that's that's so cool. And then they then they say, okay, we wanna connect 10,000 of these to our customers. And then they have what I call the moment. Like, oh, now what do we do? How do we manage all the customers? Where do we put the device? How do we know which customer gave which device? And when that one breaks, how does it come back? And how do we do predictive maintenance? And how do we put machine learning and all that stuff that goes <laughs> in there? How do we do all of that? And at the heart of it is the ability to manage all those messages. It's just the water message says, I have water. So instead of the water sensor saying, I have water, and sending you a text message, it says, there's water there. Why not take some action on that? I don't care. Don't send me a message. Just tell me that there's water. Tell the pump. To turn it off, and then tell the electric panel that I got to do something, and then tell the you know tell the water inlet t- to turn the valve off. You know, have all that stuff. That's where our our actual name came from was being able to put logic into things. You know, somewhere to put that code.
1: Well, I, I really want to talk about the no code thing. I, I really feel like that is so beneficial for the future because it accelerates innovation, and mm-hmm. you know, people who don't have advanced degrees from MIT. To be able yeah. to help, right? I want to talk about the business case first, though. You know, you guys are an advanced technology partner for AWS now. Your previous company is it Tulemetry that you guys sold to Amazon? Yeah. What What do you? Th- you know, IoT is IoT is cool. You know, I've been yeah. at I've been to meetings at Intel, and there there's yeah. a lot of buzz around this and yeah. ma- marketing campaigns for hundreds of thousands of dollars and stuff with one of my clients, yeah. right? And and yet, not everybody's getting bought by Amazon. What, what have you guys done different? What is it about your approach that, what have you guys done? Well,
0: we, telemetry, we sold to Amazon, uh, it was five, six years ago now. And actually our goal then was to uh, sell it to Salesforce because we were, we thought Salesforce would, would be interested in that. We actually had to spin up a whole bunch of EC2 instances and a whole bunch of infrastructure to test this idea that we had. And what happened was we spun all this stuff and it took hundreds, it took hundreds, hundreds, thousands of these servers that we had spun up. And we actually got a call from Amazon that basically said, stop that. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> so we tried to explain what we're doing. And then it was, it, it, the acquisition happened very quickly after that. And a lot of the guys, the CEO, and most are still at Amazon. Um so in, in that particular case, we built one particular solution for it. All of our entire foundry is actually built on top of the serverless resources of Amazon today. So we, we're not a multi-tenant, we're kind of this weird hybrid in terms of, of applications. So it used to be you have, you know, on-prem applications, and then there were cloud applications like a Salesforce or something. So we actually became... A application that says, Yes, we're a cloud application, but we're your cloud application. You take our stuff, you do a virtual double click and it installs into your AWS account so that now you can extend it, you can add those that ability to customize it to your business needs, you know, the 80-20. We give you 80% of what you need and you take the differentiation of the 20% and make it your business. The trick in all that really is the ability to get all these different services working together. Amazon comes out with, I mean, they have, seems like every other day they come out with a new service. So what we did is actually built this platform so that you don't have to become an expert on all the AWS services. And one of the things that I think is a barrier for people when they start moving to microservices like AWS or Azure or even Google is they think, okay, all right, I, now I need Cognito. Well, what is Cognito? Why do I need it? And how do I use it? Well, now I got to go become an expert on Cognito, whatever that is. Okay. Well, where do I put my data? Should I put it in DynamoDB? Should I put it in Redshift? Should I put it in RDS? And what's the difference between those? And why do I want to know? And and now I'm back, in now I feel like I'm getting back in the IT closet and having to figure out what versions of JDKs I have to put up and what application servers. So we kind of extract, abstracted all that out, and said, "All right, let us take care of all that. We're going to provision all the stuff that you need, and then what your job is to say, okay, what's your what's your use case? Well, I have a use case. I have a temperature sensor, and I want it to when temperature is greater than 100, I want it to turn the thermostat down. Okay, temperature sensor, just write, If temperature greater than 100, turns thermostat down." And give them the ability to do, give them the ability to not have to worry about all the stuff that goes in that because when you start talking about IoT, it's you can't build it the way you would build what I call a traditional request response type of application. You know, I send a request to a server, that server sends me a response. And then I do something and I click a button and I send another request and I get another response. Not the way it works. Messages start coming and you gotta handle them. And you got to start sending messages out. So we provisioned the ability so that you could infinitely grow on that. Now, of course, we had the advantage of, you know, IoT Core was our, was our baby. And so that's kind of at, you know, the AWS, it sits at the heart of our low-code application because it's the event bus that, that transports all these messages. So without that, it wouldn't have been possible.
1: You know, I think about something like Squarespace or Wix, you know, these website builders, Right. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. And it's so great when you're like, you don't need to spend eighty thousand dollars. I remember spending eighty grand on a website once. It was like ten some ten plus years ago. Yeah. And nowadays, like we'll pop we'll pop up a new website. It's like twenty bucks a month, forty bucks a month or something yep. on Squarespace. And it's distinctly better than that eighty thousand dollar website we had built. Yep.
0: Right? Yeah.
1: Right? And like you, the main skills you need is to be able to drag and drop photo you need to be able to copy and paste a youtube url and you need to be able to uh, copy and paste the text from your microsoft word (laughs) document or google exactly and so like it frees up so much brain power to designing a business instead of how do i get a website to work right and and you know thousands of dollars i mean even if your website was going to be five or ten thousand dollars that's five right. or ten thousand dollars. They can go to starting your business, towards some new experiment in your existing business. Like it's it's in a, it's actually like a benefit to society that the same amount of work gets done without consuming the same amount of resources. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's I think exciting you, to we,
0: me. We had and you know that's a, those are great analogies because I mean I mean I remember in in the early '90s I put up my first you know website you know and I'm staying up all night. You know, typing HTML, and I remember when you know Dreamweaver and these other tools came out where you could drag and drop. Like, oh my God, they can they now. You don't even. Most people don't even know that there's HTML behind these tools. You know, they just you know they have given the ability. We had a guy. I had a guy come to me. It was a a pool. I had a pool cleaning business. He says, I want you know, I'm looking at trying to freshen up my website. You know, I want people to have real time ordering and be able to, you know, put appointments on there. And and I says. I says, you're you're thinking about this wrong. I go, you are trying to build a business for, you know, the 1990s. What you need to be doing is thinking about it a little bit differently. So instead of, you know, driving people to your website where they're, you know, bring your business to them, build a relationship. so we created a connected pool pump for him. Or it actually was on the market at the time. I go, you need to start selling these things. Connected pool pump, sell it to your customer. It sends you you know, all the chemical makeup of the pool. Now you can actually have a subscription-based model that you're going to send them the chemicals when they need it. Don't make them come to your website because they may not come. Send them the chemicals when they need it. and Actually charge them. And then don't make them come to your website to, you know, figure out a repair. Show up two weeks before the pool is going to break. You don't want to get that crisis, you know, we're having a pool party on Saturday and it's Friday night and the the, the pump doesn't work you know it's 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 you know it's fixed 2 weeks before we even know there's a problem I and mean, you got to switch the mindset of of business because i still think business is in this you know well we got to drive our consumer to do something where iot actually makes it the ability for you don't have to make your consumer do something you actually have the ability to now listen to your consumer and react and take action on what your consumer needs when they need it with them or without them actually knowing that they just aren't being taken care of. They don't have to go do something to, you know, to, to fulfill that. And I think this relationship that we're going to have with business and consumer is, is, is going to be different than it's been in the past.
1: Well, I mean, I, I certainly see that in our world, you know, at, at Greystoke investments, we're buying these, we're focused on cash flow properties, right? So our investors can get these quarterly checks from us. Right. And you think about like, the real estate space has been very slow to adopt technology. And it's, I think it's because the business is so good, you can not do technology and still make money. (laughs) So they haven't been forced to, but it's a great opportunity for people who want to get ahead of the curve, right? And, um, you know, there is a lot of prop tech stuff coming out, but it's not like other industries. It it really is 10 plus years behind. And you think about the, you know, whether we have, you know unique vacation rentals or we have apartment buildings or whatever our ability to like create a better experience for our tenants because they didn't have to call us we knew the yeah. we knew the hot water went out before they did or yeah. you know something like this like just think about if our properties have that if we're like proactively trying to make their life easy it's not going to feel like the last place they rented an apartment from where they had to beg you know, they had to beg the maintenance guy to come, and he couldn't come today. And the, you know, right? right. Um, right. There's, for, anyways, the the physical space opportunities for us feels interesting again because our competitors haven't really done it at scale. Like it, and in many cases, it's like a gimmick. You know, or like having a nest, having a nest uh, thermostat is like it's like a big deal. That's like a that's like an upgrade. <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Right. But what you're talking about, like proactive service of a human helping you out, that's just not, yeah. that's just not happening. So, you know, this goes back to my theory about, about marketing is you have to have unexpectedness. Okay. So if we go, if we go somewhere for dinner and you get a $12 hamburger and you get about what you expect, you don't go home and like tell all your friends, Oh, I got a $12 right. hamburger. Yeah. Uh, right. I paid $12 right. and I got I got a hamburger that was worth about $12, right? Yeah. And uh, But you go to In-N-Out for the first time in your life, and you pay $2, right. and you get like a $6 hamburger, and yeah. you tell everybody about it. You're like, the lettuce was cold, the meat yeah. was hot, the bun was hot, the the tomatoes were cold, and it was like $2. dollars Person was and nice to me. The, 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 yeah, the kid actually seemed like they liked it working there, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you're like, and it was $2.12. You know, yeah. and you tell everybody about it right yeah like same thing if you had gone to the place where your your meal with your burger and your drink and your fries was 12 bucks but they'd give you in like a thirty dollar experience you would yeah. then talk about that right so oh, yeah. this yeah. is this is what I'm thinking about all the time okay
0: yeah. How- and that's I mean that is I mean that, I think that is such spot on and you know we always and I think most of us think about that I think the thing that happens that we get we still get that unexpected pleasure from is, and it's all customer service, right? Uh, not, not all of it, but there's definitely when you get a little something extra from the place you're doing business, a little something like, uh, I had a friend of mine who's, you know, her dog was sick and she took her to the vet. And she didn't know the vent. She was in a strange town. So she took it and they helped her. She went home. Well, she got a text message from the vet that says, uh, how's the dog doing? It was like, Oh my God, they care about my dog. Right. So I'm going to that vet. That's it. All I care because they care about my dog and it doesn't take that much. But you're right. It's that unexpected little thing. And that can be an expensive you know, thing in time of a business. Like, how do you train people to do that? How do you do that? Some of that. And I would never take the personal nature. I'm not one of those guys that think we've got to fully automate everything. I do think there's still some, you know, a manual integration is still an integration. And sometimes that's the best way to do something. But I do think that that IoT has the ability to do that little unexpected thing. And, the, you know, just preventative maintenance. Like now when somebody asks me, what do you do? I do IoT and I connect your washing machine. Well, why do I want to connect your washing machine? So that you'll never have to worry about it breaking again. You'll never have to worry about running out of soap again. Another one of our customers was Hoover Vacuum Cleaners, a connected vacuum cleaner. And one of the things we had pitched to them, which they, have, they haven't picked up, I haven't seen but I, is because they said – the problem with vacuum cleaners is they don't break. It's just nobody cleans your filters. No housewife knows where the filter is. She doesn't know how to clean it. Because so if we could just send them the filter when they wanted to, those vacuum cleaners would go, you know, more, much longer and they would have a better experience. Or better yet, just send them a new vacuum cleaner. Do cleaning as a subscription. Every time you vacuum, it costs you a couple bucks to vacuum. Because it's connected, you can send it and you can bring, you know, get all that back. I think there is new business models out there that, reduce prices for consumers, increase the mar- increase that that stickiness of the relationship between you and and your customer and does those little unexpected things, you know? I think that's I never heard it put just like that, but that is that is exactly it. The unexpected
1: unexpectedness
0: really brings people back.
1: Yeah. If you can exceed expectations, like yeah. again, I've had better hamburgers than in and out burgers. Right. It's like that. Gets- you got to have a barley beef burger. I got to send you a burger. Okay. okay. You- <laughs> right. I've had better burgers than that, but I've never had a $2 burger better than that. Right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And it's like exceed expectations in some unexpected way. Yeah. You know, and they'll become your marketing firm for you. Yeah. Listen, this it's has awesome. been great. I appreciate you coming on the show. If people want to find out more about the business, where, where are the best places for them to connect? Yeah.
0: With? So, you know, uh, thinglogics.com is our battle platform. Chirply.com is our, our messaging platform. We also have a COVID application called WorkWatch. WorkWatch.com. You can check out both of those. Um,
1: you can. And the, the WorkWatch is Are People Distanced? Is that. Is that what it is?
0: The WorkWatch was actually born during during the pandemic to provide a way for students to get back on campus. Mm. So sending out health check surveys. So it's a text-based messaging system that sends out a survey, says, ask them a series of questions, gives them a QR code, kiosk at the entrance where they scan it, lets them know they've been on campus. They can scan them. Also manages cleaning operations of the school, what room has been cleaned, when it has been cleaned those kinds of things, mm. you know, that the, that one goes like this when the news about COVID is bad. And it goes like this when the news about COVID is good. <laughs> <laughs> but it, those are just examples of the of applications that we can build very quickly. And we build these on our own platform, you know, just to kind of actually show uh, other entrepreneurs how quickly you can, you know, build a yeah. new type of business. You know,
1: Well, maybe my final question is somebody like me who... Does not have a technical background like you, but who is interested in what you guys are making possible? If we want to dig into it more, are there books you like? Are there YouTube channels you like? Obviously, you guys got a YouTube channel. How do people like me, who can feel intimidated, because when you started listing off all those different kind of databases and do I want this or that? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> what I just don't yeah. have context. It just sounds. It just sounds like a lot. You know, sounds overwhelming. Yeah. How do, How do people like? Me, you know, other CEOs may be listening today who they're interested in investigating. How do they put their toe in the water?
0: Well, I would I would I would first start and that's you know, it's a it's a good question. And when you said that, it seems like I'm I'm always reading white paper after white paper on all these all this different stuff and our website has some of those on there so you can get those off of there. But right now my mind is a blank on what those were. And I think maybe I could dig some of those up. But for me, when you start, when you start talking about what this looks like and how it becomes, if you want to conceptualize it, this think and start looking up event based architecture or event based applications that event based applications are Alexa, Google home, SMS messaging, even a mobile app, anything, an IOT device, all these new virtual reality, augmented reality, you know, putting things in, 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 inside VR, start thinking about and start when you start looking at those event based systems out there, those when you'll say, oh my gosh, now I get it. I understand this happens and this happens. And then your next question is going to be, now, how do I do that? How do I control all that? Then go to thinglogics.com and and then give me a call and that's really when we start that's mm. really when the conversation starts happening because it, there's this there's and it happens every single time when someone starts to actually understand IoT there's a little bit of little bit of a hurdle you got to get over in terms of understanding that things are talking and how do you do that and what does that mean then once that over that hurdle you go oh my god I cannot believe all the stuff that we can possibly do on this, you know, and that's really what we, when you get to that point, when we say, Oh my God, I don't, I can't believe all the stuff that our business could do on this, but how could we do that? How do we build the application? That's the application that we built to, to help those types of people.
1: Love it. Well, this is great. Thanks again for doing this.
0: Jess, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, Really, really, uh, Uh, really down to earth. And I really, I love, I love being able to talk not only just about technology, but all the other stuff. Thank (laughs) you very much.
1: You bet. Bye everyone.